That's right. Everybody gets one. Tell them, Peter. Uh, yeah. Apparently, according to Spider-Man, uh, everybody uh, gets one. Yep. I'll, I'll, you know what? I can't even do the Cleveland. <laughs> and and apparently, you know, I'm not supposed Could to. Could you so. please repeat that, Peter? I believe I had some crazy in my ear. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, Cleveland. Everybody, <laughs> uh, apparently, everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, every, everybody, everybody gets one. Apparently, one. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? It, <laughs> it's from Family Guy. Uh, I know. Spider Man shows up and he saves someone, and he goes, "Everybody gets one." Tell him, Peter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, apparently, apparently everybody gets one. Yeah, because he did that in like a season one episode. He saved Peter, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, thanks, Spider Man." Everybody, everybody gets, gets one. one. Yeah, that he swings off. Yeah, Leo, that was the part of it was it was season two, and it was when Family Guy was still good. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Powerful branding, kick us off. Hey there, guys and gals. I am Powerful Brandon, and you are listening to Comics Paradox, the podcast in which we discuss all alternate reality tales and takes of the characters and stories that you already know and love. Talking about Elseworlds, what-ifs, different story arcs like uh, Armageddon 2001 from DC or Age of Apocalypse from X-Men and Marvel. Uh, and joining me here tonight, we have a couple fine fellows, the first of whom you are already well familiar with on this program, Mr. Leo Pond. Hey, hey, it's me. Hi. Yeah, I'm Leo. <laughs> I'm monkey doing, behind the guy? keyboard here, and uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> monkey behind the keyboard. <laughs> uh, and uh, joining us, uh, instead of uh, the the usual Justin Coop Cooper, uh, we have uh, Mr. Drew Mallo from Spa Splash Pages. I almost Splash screwed pages. up the name of the show. Splash Pages Comic Book Club. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know he's been very gracious to fill in for Justin. Uh, we said the we said uh, magic word, and Drew was like, "Yes, I'll be there." And uh, that magic word was hyphenated, and it was Spider Man. Correct? 
Yes, indeed. And I'm trying to do my best, Justin Cooper. So hold on one second. All right, glasses on. Hey guys, I'm very excited to be here. And uh, and if you know, I got married. So uh, <laughs> I got like uh, 45 minutes. Then I gotta gotta get back to that. So. Um, <laughs> Oh, love the love, Moving on. Love, I love how there's absolutely no change in the cadence of your voice. You just you put on glasses for a, a fucking audio podcast, and nobody can tell. can see that at all. Like, oh, I'm doing my best, Justin. All right, um, it's a visual thing, but sure thing, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it, it's it wasn't perfect. I just figured I, I would. Hi, it's me, Justin. I, I don't know. He's like, I, yeah, I, exactly. I, I just have to. Fi- I just have to hit all the notes. Everything is like turtles. <laughs> don't, uh, don't, for, don't forget he also bought well well you also just bought uh two technically three amazing statues that you know i i have no idea how he, he got his uh upcoming yeah. wife to allow that because uh you know what I, i'm gonna learn it i'm you know what i'm gonna study justin i'm gonna learn his cadence i'm gonna come back and then i'm just gonna be like yep no i bought them they're right here they're in the back there <laughs> I'm just gonna get it. I'm just gonna get the cadence down, and then I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become I love, I love the Dorking stand-in. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. So um, you guys need somebody. I just do my. I come in. I do my best, Leo, or you know, do my best. Uh, there's no way I can do Brandon. That's just. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Like, yeah, that's that's no. It's it's definitely gonna take a lot of work. I just got to channel all my rage, and just <laughs> very. Boston. Why does everybody think I'm angry all the time? <laughs> You're, you're, I'm not... It's because if this was a multiverse, someone would mistake you for Bill Burr. That's that's what that is. I mean, I am, I am a pog Irish guy from the Boston area, so that's not yeah. a huge stretch. Well, you're you're, <laughs> you're you're passionate, you know. It's that's yeah, and I part of it, part of it too, is I I don't. I I'm all for goofing around, but like I have a I have a hard uh, like I have difficulty. I have a very low threshold for <laughs> suffering fools. And I, I don't know if you fellows and any of you guys and gals out there may have noticed, there's a lot of foolishness in that fandom. Right there. That guy, that guy um, just said it. Hates yeah, honestly, my, big, my biggest thing is like, you know, number one, don't yuck anybody else's yum. You know, if, if they enjoy it, let them enjoy it. And there's a whole lot of that being trifled with that just really goes up my ass sideways. And, and the other thing too is, and this is definitely a, a full on me thing, but Drew, you being a, a you know entertainment journalist as as it is, you know, I'm sure you can you can appreciate this this viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, if you are coming at me with information, you better be pulling it from a verifiable source or, or a reputable source. Every if day. you're com- if you're coming to me with something you found on Reddit or an, in a in a Twitter feed. Go fuck yourself, all right? Like, there's no way on God's green earth that I'm going to take anything that you say seriously. Yeah, yes, that there's a special place in journalistic hell, and it's it's the same place where the people who created We Got This Covered. Absolutely. And it's the same thing I feel journalistically when people think they're entitled to a shot and then when you i want to say deny them that you you politely decline it's the worst thing because mom never told them that no it was you're so special you're gonna get everything and i'm just like like, 
No. It's one of those things I, I always say, like, listen, just because you asked the question and thank you for doing so does not mean right. you're going to get the answer you wanted. That's just exactly. the way it works, you know? Right. But thank and, you for and, saying that about we got this covered. I appreciate oh, that so much. That, 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 so, that so, site has been the bane of my existence since back when I was, I think, back when I was in CBR, oh, like, uh, writing for CBR, that was when that started appearing. And I was just like, what is this faux journalism here and you know the worst part is people i knew would post articles about that Ugh. and you know that around and i remember somebody did the captain america sitting down well looks like you posted a link from you we got this <laughs> you know it, it 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 was just one of those things where i just imagined somebody in a room just Taking taking ideas, crumbling them up, throwing it in a wastebasket, and then choosing, like a like a journalistic bobbing for apples, but with shit. And yeah, just, it's uh, it's a fucking trash heap. <laughs> it's, it's straight up like. So, it's, and I and, and I and I'm sorry, you know, I, if I had to choose between that or not writing, I would like. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go be a carpenter now, because uh, ain't happening. So, it is so, um, so quick question for those uh uneducated folks uh so are they like the new superhero hype yeah they fucking wish they were the new superhero <laughs> hype they as bad as some people might think superherohype.com is we got this government would have to step on a stool to be able to kiss superhero hypes oh, wow. ass lower like leo there are certain websites where the credibility is just questionable this we got this covered is lower than that it it's just it's kind of like did you ever see the video uh, that someone posted of this movie trailer and everyone's loving it but then the second they see by m night Shyamalan, everybody laughed yeah <laughs> um it's basically that but we got this covered it's like this idea i'm like oh and we got by we got this covered <laughs> yeah and i just well, i just want to show show you this just just for funsies all right this is literally on my my Facebook group Powers Combined. This is an addendum to the official rules of Powers Combined. Good. Please do not post anything from the following unreliable websites. This list <laughs> may grow. Anything from these sources will not be approved moving forward. We got the number cover one Cosmic Book News, 4chan, MCU 4chan. Cosmic. Um, 4chan is just a den of evil, so damn yeah, straight. But but Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider, Spider-Man. He, he does um, whatever a spider can from what I'm given to, to be told. That, that's what I, I, I've heard that. I've heard that once somewhere. Indeed. Um, uh, yeah. So Spider-Man. Yeah. What we're, what we're doing uh, tonight is um, part of a few, few different uh, issues slash episodes where we're covering some of the creepier elements of, uh, of some of these alternate reality tales. And uh, the one that we're covering tonight uh, in particular is uh, Edge of Spider-Verse number four, which uh, the name of it is I Walked with a Spider. Which is appropriate for the season, correct? If I'm right, Brandon, this is. Oh, yes. This This is is an old school horror story. Yes, this is a this is a spooky season central story. That's a whole lot of alliteration there. Oh, I'm still doing it. And you know what's really interesting with this? story is I always thought that this was kind of placating on the idea that I do know that fan theories have been going on for a while 
Um, I mean, fan theories for comics, whoa. Um, that if Peter had been bitten by uh, some sort of spider or whatnot, he wouldn't have had the powers. There's most likely, especially with radiation, he would have mutated. So he would have basically been, which is my nightmare, the, the man spider, oh, which yeah. was the most terrifying part of Spider-Man the Animated Series, because that shit, no matter how animated. What if we let David Cronenberg make a Spider-Man story? That's <laughs> that's basically Man-Spider. Be, um, yeah, exactly. And it's it's still a nightmare to me. I was oh, like, nope. absolutely. Nope. I mean, we're, we're, and, we're and they they do they did cover that uh, pretty well in the comics themselves. And were it not for Reed Richards uh, of the Fantastic Four being able to help Peter out, uh, he would have he would have just been horribly mutated altogether. Um, My mutation was, disease. There's actually an interesting what if that we are going to be covering in the future as well, uh, which uh, you know sort of tangentially related to what we're talking about called uh, what if Spider-Man had kept his six arms. Wow. Um, okay. Nice. So yeah. that that would have been hard to conceal the identity, but oh uh, no, no, you have to you tune in, Drew. You'll find out exactly <laughs> why it's feasible. Sweet. This is the where I can contribute and be a fan. What a world. Yay. Um, we get everything but, here. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. In order for us to understand the context, and to go in the story, we have to have a little context. Okay, we have correct. to understand the spider, the edge of the spider verse event. So, do you want to take that or me? Because we we can just you know Wayne's we, we can we can we can we can pass it off. Uh, okay, honestly, that's no, it's right, not a right. problem. Cool. I mean. The, the first inkling towards anything that we're covering today, um, and I'm not going to cover the entirety of, of that story where okay. it does occur, but uh, there was a, a, a book called Coming Home by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr., uh, mm -hmm. in which a character named Ezekiel uh, first appears to Peter Parker. Um, he's going through some stuff. There's, there's a, some heady, uh, heady things that occur in the story of Coming Home. Uh, it's not really your your more fantastical, far-fetched villainy necessarily. Uh, it's more of a real – it drives home some real issues that we see, unfortunately, far too regularly in this country. And considering that this was written 21 years ago, that's really saying something. Mm. Um, but this character, his name is Ezekiel Sims, and he shows up while Peter is you know, in his full Spider-Man regalia. And he is uh, wearing a like a green trench coat, just a button-down shirt, and some like khakis with a belt, and he's barefoot. But also, most notably, standing sideways on a wall on a building. Mm. And uh, this, of course, gives Peter Parker a little bit of pause. And uh, you know, he starts talking with the guy, and he's he's kind of waxing philosophical about Peter's experience as as Spider-Man. Like he he straight up calls him Peter, which you know, kind of blows his mind. Yeah, there we go. That. That's uh that's Ezekiel right there. Um yeah. kind of a Logan thing going on in that that particular mm -hmm. drawing. Yeah. But uh one of the things that Ezekiel kind of closes out his ponderings to Peter with before he just whoo, pulls his own little Batman move and disappears in the mist of the night is simply this. He says, This is the point. This is the five million dollar question. I'm about to yank your chain like nobody has ever no like nobody else ever has before and nobody ever will again so listen carefully did the radiation enable the spider to give you those powers or was the spider trying to give you those powers before the radiation killed it which came first the radiation or the power 
the chicken, or the egg, or the power. And whoosh, gone. And Peter's just like, what the hell was that old sticky dude babbling about? And also to credit that this is one of the many times in JMS's run where you had Peter fighting mystical threats. You know, I mean, the big uh, early in the beginning of JMS's run, you saw Peter with this grandois time travel adventure through his history, uh, which was great. You saw him dealing with uh, Loki, I believe, at one point. And then once Ezekiel popped in, you really started to see more of those kind of villains. I mean, I even remember there was one that Peter teamed up with Dr. Strange. He ended up in some sort of like other dimension kind of thing. So this wasn't just friendly neighborhood. This was like friendly neighborhood of all dimensions. So this yes. was an ongoing thing. And this was the kind of, I would say this was what kickstarted the second arc of JMS's run of Spider-Man, which is the, I believe it, it I believe this is the the spider totem. I believe, correct, Brandon? The spider yes, totem. Yes, yes. Spider the... totems leading into uh, Spider-Man: The Other Evolve or right. Die. Okay. Uh, the idea of the totem uh, was actually uh, the way he approached it. Uh, once again, Ezekiel sort of being the prism through which all this exposition is coming to the audience. I uh, was saying that, you know, hey, Peter. You keep saying like, no, 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 it was the radiation. That's, you know, I'm a radioactive Spider-Man. That's that's my thing. But, you know, I'm telling you, the spider was the totem. You were picked for it, just like I was. That's why I can do the things you can. Mm -hmm. Haven't you ever thought about the fact that you've been given this power and you kept fighting all of these different enemies who were trying to appropriate totemistic power for themselves? He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, how many of your villains are animal based? I would say animal. And he was like, what? And then like they they kind of take a list. There's Rhino, Doctor Octopus, the Vulture, Lizard, Lizard. Yeah, I mean, there's just like a whole slew of them. And Peter stops the thing, but he's like, what? He goes, yeah, they weren't chosen. There was no pure choice for them to be the totemistic strength. So they were tapping into something that wasn't theirs and it was corrupted. And that's part of the reason why they had a bent towards corruption. You were pure and chosen. They are not. And that's why they are almost always going to be destined to fail at your hands. I'm like, holy crap. That's, that's outstanding. Uh, you just made the whole idea of Spider-Man like far more epic than just a teenage geek who got bitten and developed yeah. abilities and considering the fact that peter had been around for 20 almost at that time i think 30 odd years and you had something fresh and original that just literally like you said flipped the script on spider mythos i mean that's a big move oh. and i gotta be honest from what i remember it was pretty well received you know you know i because i'm sorry people try doing that now you know, you would have some sort of hashtag, not my Spider-Man or, oh, some, yeah. you know, some some sort of thing. And yeah, I it's mean, probably good that it was done in like 2002. Yeah, um, 2001, actually. Amazing Spider-Man volume two, number 30, April. Of 2001. Oh, OK. OK. And, my, uh, my, I was I was just shifting because I know coming home was 2001. I didn't know it was still. Oh, but so so I'm looking at the first appearance of Ezekiel. And his death was an amazing Spider-Man number 508, June of 2004. So 
the, 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 and then continuing, Brandon, what you said. So moving on, so we had the other, and we had Peter facing a villain who I do believe was hinted at before, but finally makes his move, whose name was Morland, who is just this scary Dracula, long-haired-looking motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, that's really the most apt description you can give. He looks like Dracula from a movie in, like, 2002, 2001. Like, yeah. exactly how you would expect. Yeah, Long but- hair, open... Oh, like open uh, button-down shirt with the open collar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. What, what 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 Gerald Butler was trying to do in Dracula 2000 just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't pull it off. Just not creepy, not too sexy. So yeah, just yeah. right for a Spider-Man vampire-esque yeah. type villain. That's not and, Morbius. And and I seem to recall like this. That was a huge moment because. Doesn't he, he, he hurts Peter. He, he really fucks Peter up. I seem to remember there was a part where doesn't he like pluck one of Peter's eyes out? Yes, he does. Like, um, it, he, it was gruesome. Yeah. He, he molly whops the shit out of Peter. Um, yeah, he, he, um, he basically, let me see here if I can, please, um, yeah, a saw from Moreland. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Beats him, lets him go after. Yeah, he just he beats the shit out of him basically. Uh, and Spider Man just like barely makes it away with like skin of his teeth, clinging to life. And um, more than come he, back to finish the job. Yeah, and uh, as he's finally, you know, he he comes. Uh, he's fighting for his life against Morlin, and just as he kind of like passes out all of a sudden like a stinger comes out of his own wrist and, and, and hits Moreland and Peter just collapses and everyone's like, Oh no, he's dead. And this, that, and the other thing. And uh, you know, he's beaten, broken, bloodied, supposedly Moreland has been killed. Uh, And the next thing they know, uh, Peter is actually like, you know, wrapped up in a, in a cocoon underneath the Brooklyn bridge. And uh, he ends up having sort of a stationary vision quest. And it's the spirit of the spider totem that he's actually like communing with. And it's saying like he's ignored his arachnid side for all these years. He's focused more on the man than the spider. And it was the spider side that saved him from Moreland in that fight for his life. And in order for Peter to actually come through and, and live again, he has to submit and embrace that other side hence the other evolve or die right and peter gives in he he accepts the deal and he comes forth completely healed he he has his eye back no broken bones nothing and um not only not only is he healed from like that one fight but he bears no trace of any injuries or illnesses from any other point in his life yeah and and on top of it, his powers have increased, his strength, his speed is better. Um, and the most notable thing, which is the huge change for Spider-Man, which was continued to basically until the end of, of the, the um, <clears throat> JMS's run, which we're not going to talk about because I said we should when there's a lot of drinking involved. <laughs> so uh, hashtag one more drink coming, coming 2023, everyone. Um, but Peter is able to you uh spin organic webs 
he doesn't have to use web shooters anymore. Yes. Which, which most likely around that time is because of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Oh, 100%. 100% because of that. Yeah, uh, but I mean that wasn't even like I didn't mind that because it never bothered me in the in the movie. Either. Oh no, 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 um, no, no, I thought it. I thought it made sense. It was good workaround for how to explain like this teenage kid being able to create this epoxy that, you know, like, like I know he's a smart kid, but he still wouldn't have the resources to be able to do that regularly. Like it just right. doesn't doesn't work. And uh, but oh. the I think the coolest ability aside from the, that was like he had night vision. That, mm-hmm. that he developed because of that um he yeah. had those stingers which were a sedative it was a it was like a stun move mm-hmm. and um he realized that it wasn't just his fingertips and his feet that could stick to walls and things it was him and he right. actually saves a young girl from a huge collapse mm-hmm. by taking his shirt off his spider-man uniform shirt and putting her directly on his back, skin to skin contact, right. and holding her with his sticking abilities, yep. so he could get the both of them safely out. It was—it's yeah. a very cool scene. Yeah, but the and then the, the important reason is we bring this up is because years later, when all of this has essentially been erased by one more day, uh, then then its successor, brand new day, um, we see Moreland again. And we learn that Moreland is not just some sort of lone wannabe weirdo spider obsessed vampire. He actually is part of a family. So you have this like weird, almost like Castlevanian kind of vibe going. You got a family of vampires, very aristocratic. Moreland is like the runt of the team. Um, and their purpose is they hunt spiders. And why have spiders? people who are spider men women creatures yeah the spider totems that we had mentioned the 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 different the different chosen ones for the spider totem across the entire multiverse the web of the multiverse as it were absolutely and and i have to say you know as as a story i mean by god this was this is one of the biggest ones and and um you know whatever people say about dan slot criticism and whatnot i mean he handled this the scope of the story so well him and and a lot of the other creators that were involved because he couldn't write every story i mean i mean he's good yeah but i mean damn he's got to give someone else some credit um so you had series like what we're reading and um you had some really good gems in this i mean in this little mini series here you had we saw spider-man noir again we saw the introduction of spider gwen which was just supposed to be a one shot, yeah. but because it was so popular, she got her own series. Which, which, uh, just to comment on, I find very interesting because that's that's two different variations, sort of alternate reality variations on Spider Man, mm-hmm. insofar as like a, being a, a female woman, right? Versus Peter Parker, that were only intended to be like a one off thing, right? And ended up becoming so popular. Mm-hmm. That they developed a following and their own series, the first of which was Spider Girl, yeah. coming from uh, MC Two, which was Marvel Comics Two, where it's supposed to be yeah. the continuation of what we know now. And this was May Mayday Parker, the daughter of Mary Jane and Peter Parker. Right. Uh, so it's just just interesting to note that each time they've done that so far, they've been incredibly popular, which should really say something to marvel and thankfully they have continued on with spider gwen for everybody who is a gigantic fan of it 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I was watch. I was literally reading it up until the point where then they changed her name to Ghost Spider, and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. Um, <laughs> but you had that. I do believe Gerard Way's um, Spider. One of his Gerard Way penned a Spider story. Oh, which was very good. Um, I also know. I believe the one that precedes this, this is Justin Weaver's Spider-Man that what we're looking at right here. Um, also good, great, and, and whatnot. But then you have the one we're reviewing, which was issue four, um, which is a horror-based one, and it's it's absolutely stupendous. And and I, I, as, a, as a horror movie fan, I thoroughly enjoyed this because I love when Marvel or DC take their horror approach with uh, characters. I think it's always really great. And this was handled so well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the conceit of Edge of Spider-Verse is um, this miniseries taking place in the midst of Spider-Verse occurring mm -hmm. is we're just getting these little vignettes issue stories where it shows Morlin, the the totem vampire, the spider totem vampire part of this vampiric family at the at the center of the web of reality as it were yes um and just traveling from reality to reality finding different iterations of what we know of as peter parker to siphon all of their spider energy and leave them a, a lifeless husk and then just move on to the next reality looking for the next one absolutely and, and it's and it's horrifying because there's just so much like fatality and finality to every single one of these issues. I, I mean, absolutely. And, and, and it, 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 nobody is safe. That's the no. one thing that I love is that we saw all these different variations and the inheritors, as they were called, uh, who are the family that we discussed, Moreland and his whatnot versus the spider people that would become an ongoing battle. So we saw that for the spider verse, I believe it was its sequel, Spider Geddon. Um, I don't know if there's a sequel to that. I feel like there would have, I'm not sure. But then there's also now uh, the end of the Spider Verse, which Dan Slott has come back to write. And I, I was reading some of those stories. And, you know, it's still great that we're still seeing new variations of Peter. I do, I do thoroughly enjoy that. Um, because this one, it did. It did kill some really popular ones. I'm not. I'm not going to lie there. Yeah, for but, sure. But and then it it definitely brought some back. Like this this event had a lot of highs and lows. Um, in my opinion, more more highs than lows. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with that. It was it was definitely far more engaging than not throughout the entire thing. Exactly. And you know what? The, the one thing, and Brandon and Leo, I'll just say it, this was just fun. You know, I mean, yes, you you as a spider-man fan will enjoy it but it was just fun to have a you know threat to the universe but it's all it's like i was like wow this is a room full of peters and this is the most <laughs> thing ever phrasing you know um thank you nothing, nothing like a room full of peters hey eh, gals wait a minute what <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks brandon that's right everybody gets one tell them peter uh yeah. apparently according to spider-man uh everybody uh, gets one I'm, I'll, you know what? I can't even do the Cleveland. <laughs> and and apparently, you know, I'm not supposed Could to. Can you so. please repeat that, Peter? I believe I had some crazy in my ear. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, Cleveland. Everybody, <laughs> apparently, everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, every, everybody, everybody gets one, apparently. One. <laughs> what the but, 
What the fuck? It, it's from Family Guy. Uh, I know. Spider-Man shows up and he saves someone and he goes, everybody gets one. Tell him, Peter. Uh, yeah, apparently, everybody gets one. Yeah, because he did that in like a season one episode. He saved Peter, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, thanks, Spider Man." Everybody, Everybody gets, gets one. one. Yeah, that <laughs> swings off. Yeah, Leo, that was the part of it was it was season two, and it was when Family Guy was still good. You know, uh, yeah, I, I exactly. Never, I never really got into Family Guy. It, yeah, I was super into Family Guy, and then fucking it came back. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, it was like a, a, an evil Tuscan Raider. It came back and in greater numbers. Like at this point, it's the animated version of the walking dead. I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to say herpes, but yeah, that works yeah. too. <laughs> no, 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 Well no. now looking back at Boba Fett though, are Tuscan Raiders even evil now? They're, they're just you misunderstood. Know they you were know never evil. Obi-Wan was just a bigoted shithead. You know what? Leo, I would throw the people ride in single file just... to hide their numbers. Damn it, Ben! You can't just go around calling Tuscan Raiders sand people. Uh, <laughs> what were you saying there, Drew? No, I'm good. Just let's not <laughs> open up that. Let's just not open up that metaphorical sand door, okay? So back to the spiders. Um, this, I, I mean, honestly, rereading this, I. I had my moments where I was a little creeped out. I'm not going to lie. Like, good. That was the point. <laughs> yeah. Like, like to me, I was like, this is the, this is like the incel Peter Parker right here. Yes. And, Before we and, had a term for it, 100% correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just, especially like for me, it was the like, okay, burning ants, fine. You know what I mean? But for me, it was the, where he's watching Mary Jean and the narration, he's still like, specimen has decided to sit down I'm like oh my god like they like don't look in peter's closet i'm sure there's heads in a jar like oh yeah i'm terrified um I mean, but they, I mean right off right off the the bat with edge of spider-verse number four i walked with a spider the cover of it as you had mentioned before we started recording drew it's very very reminiscent it pays full homage to the ec comics back yeah. in the day that william gaines published Mm -hmm. um you know vault of horror and and what have you this totally. is tales from the crypt you know you know it, it, it the cover is gorgeous i mean i mean look at that it, it definitely just evokes that old school feel like you just know this is not a happy story like, yeah in in it, it's i think it's done very well too in so far as not just the fact that it's evoking that style and what kind of story you are likely about to read experience mm -hmm. but also it looks like if steve ditko had been hired to do the cover for an ec comic yeah it's definitely got that old school vibe to it i it, again it's it's i i own this one myself this issue and i'm very happy for it um yeah it's just it was great but like like i said like going into it like god this is such a horror show pun intended um <laughs> yeah you ain't lying jack you, you, you know um and it's just it's one of those where you realize if peter didn't get bit by the spider he would have ended up a serial killer well i mean in this one too there there's some differences it's not it's not peter parker uh living with his aunt may and, and uncle ben no nope. uh, and it's it's not even actually mary jane it's uh Patton parnell is mm -hmm. his name 
and mm-hmm. he he lives with his uncle Ted. There is no aunt in the scenario, and his neighbor is a a, a very pretty redheaded young woman named Sarah Jane. Hmm. Uh, so you know, with without an H. So anybody that's a Doctor Who fan out there, don't don't get too excited. It's not it's not that that character was the companion. Okay. Splatten, Patton, Splatten, Patton. <laughs> I'm just like, what? But, but yeah, um, Patton is—he uh, is clearly a psychopath. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like like you had mentioned, we can't, we we are introduced to him as he's burning ants with a magnifying glass, as like a 15 year old kid, and yeah. um, his uncle is just like, you know, oh hey, you better you better get ready for school, and you know, he goes up to his bedroom and pulls out some binoculars and he's watching Sarah Jane through the bedroom window. And all of a sudden he's got a whole lot of sweat on the side of his head as he's peering through those binoculars. It's like, Oh, I'm, gross. I'm, I'm losing a lot of liquid. Let's classify and rehydrate. So many fluids. Gatorade. Um, and you know, they're on their way to their, the science fair or not science fair, the uh, uh, science field trip at all corp mm. <laughs> enterprises. All corp. Yeah. Yeah, broke the brain on that one. Is it all uh, corp or Al's corp? It doesn't matter. It's either way. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) We we know what it's referencing. We we know. It's it's not Oscorp. How about that? (laughs) It's not Oscorp. It's not Alchemix. It's just one. Oh, you know what? I didn't even make the Alchemix connection. That's that's a good call, man. I yeah. When I reread it, I was like, "Is that?" I'm like, "No," but. it's but, likely a portmanteau of the two. I, I get it. I dig you it. Know, you know, the one thing that I do enjoy is that if we really want to be technical, this is kind of Sarah Jane's fault because she roped in little young psychopath for her little crusade. Oh, let's free the animals. And my thing is, I love the kid. The first thing he goes, it's not rabbits. It's not a turtle. It's not a bear. It's, you know, what I don't know what, I don't know what this wannabe Oscorp is doing. He goes for the spiders. Oh, yeah. I'm like, the first thing, I'm sorry, and I have arachnophobia. So that is the last thing I'm going to do is put my hand where there is just a clearly labeled spider. I'm like, no. Yeah, this, this, and this, not, not just clearly labeled, but the label itself says warning irradiated arachnid female. <laughs> like, yeah. There's it's so like, many yeah. things on that placard that would keep me away from putting my hand in there. Well, not Let alone the seeing the spider itself. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and the spider is absolutely huge. And, like, the jar that is in, he can easily reach his hand in there. Like, what the fuck? Wouldn't you want to keep that a little safer? Yeah, maybe. This, this isn't, This isn't like, you know, in Raimi's Spider-Man, like, oh, where'd that spider go? Oh, I don't know. Just bam. Yeah, you know, nobody it, scour the area for that fucking highly experimental spider that just bit a kid. Off yeah. you go, children. Back on the school bus. Yeah. What? <laughs> we have 13 spiders here. Don't you mean 12? Oh, they, yeah. we must be missing one. Oh, um, well, back in the lab. <laughs> and then he gets bit, and everyone's just like, Peter, it's a spider bite. Like, it happens. Like, God, grow some testones, kid. You know, dude, if then... I got bit by a spider anywhere, I'm a 40 year old man, and I would be screeching like a schoolgirl with a skin knee. All right. <laughs> yeah. And then... no! No! <laughs> so the kids get caught and, uh, you know, obviously reprimanded. And, you know, this, like, again, this follows the Spider Man origin fairly well. Um, but, you know, 
Yep, right up to the point where Uncle Ted starts beating Patton with his fucking belt as yeah. Sarah Jane can hear it from a house away. Exactly. But, you know, still, we just, nope, nope, nope. Not going to say anything. Not my house. Yeah, yeah. Nope. You were bitten by a spider, son, and you look kind of faint and sick. We should call We should call an ambulance or some kind of medical professional for you. No, no, I'll go home. Yes, you know what, son? You're right. Go home. <laughs> yeah. What? It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those where normal people wouldn't do this like it's just straight up comic book logic like no that's fine son yep you just broke into a high you just broke in and and, and did a lot of property damage and things like that you can go home just slap on the wrist yeah that, oh, that spider was that. worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars you gonna pay yeah, that but, back son yeah. maybe <laughs> did i do that <laughs> yeah so you know, you have this, and basically, again, this is just some horror movie logic. So you don't feel anything for Uncle Ted. He's just a crap, like a shithead. This is oh yeah, an he, evil Uncle Ben right here. Like yeah, he just beats the shit out of the kid, and it's fucking that in and of itself is horrific enough, and yep. it almost makes you feel a bit more sympathetic for Patton through and through. Like the, he might not have been developing the psychopathy that he clearly has. It had not been for this dude just you know treating him like human garbage and yep. you know basically a punching bag yep and then and then we we continue on and then it oh, starts to get really weird just real quick oh, yeah. the, the beatings instead of it's uh, his thwip thwip it's thwap thwap oh Ooh. jesus christ i didn't even catch that i need i just did not catch that either thank you leo that is terrifying moving on uh, that's disturbing good stuff kids and uh, we see we see Peter later that day, and he's just kind of like crawling after being beaten towards the the old ass refrigerator in the kitchen. He's just like, I'm changing inside. I can feel it. So hungry. I must eat something. Yeah, but but I'm sorry. Like the horror movie teeth at the bottom. I was like, oh, that's 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 terrifying. Yeah. Well, I mean, he goes and he's like, I can't keep food down. It just comes right back up. But I can smell that mouse in that trap over there. Mm, I well, can hear its heartbeat. You, you know, he, he's now ready for the, the Game of Thrones uh, children fights. Get out of here. Have, have you what? Oh, you, uh, the new Game of Thrones, there's a, a scene where yeah, get out. Like the poor kids, they file their teeth down to where they're sharp like that, and they get to, it's like chicken fighting, but with kids. Oh, cool. I yeah. have no interest in fucking Hot D whatsoever. <laughs> None whatsoever. Thanks, Leo. It's terrifying. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> Thanks, Leo. Terrifying. But and then and then you have... Oh, more food. Like, this oh, is... No, like, never mind. Um, Hold on, before we get to more food, like, he picks up the friggin' rat from the mouse trap. Is and... it dead? It's dead, right? No, it's alive. Okay, because I was unclear. Well, he straight up says, I can hear its heartbeat hammering against okay. my ears. Well, and, I, mean, uh, I, thought, I thought it could be dead because the mouse trap, you know, snapped on it, so... Yeah, might have, yeah. like, snapped its neck, but, you know, it was still oh, alive, yeah. you know? Uh, but the worst part is like he pu- pulls it up and you already see it like halfway down his friggin' gullet, and the noise, the onomatopoeia is. It's like, dude, yeah. don't make me hate milkshakes now. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's funny because his just desiring for more, 
Um, it kind of reminded me of Tar Man from Return of the Living Dead. It's just, you know, more brains. More brains? <laughs> yeah. And then the fact that he keeps referring to everybody as specimens definitely creeped me out. I was like, oh, Lab Specimen 66. I'm like, oh my God. Whoa. Like, that's yeah. creepy. Talking about pseudoscience. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, he learns about his webs. Trying yep, to catch he, cat. He goes... That's that's one way to chase pussy Patton. And uh yeah, he, he eats a little kitty cat and it's how or goes to eat it and it scratches at him. And uh yeah, that's when he has some organic webs shoot from some spinnerets on his wrists, and yeah. he's just like, What am I becoming? I've never felt so alive. The more Leo, I next... eat, the stronger I become. Leo, next page, please. <laughs> All I need to do is keep feeding. Um, this moment terrified the motherfucking shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie, because this was some straight up horror movie. Like you got the curmudgeon parent, like I'm coming home, my dinner better be ready, or I'm gonna pound that kid again. More thwap thwap, and you know with the lights and everything, and then he just, oh fuck, yeah. You just see spin, uh, you know, web cocoons all over, and then you see Peter upside down, and then just horror movie mouth. Oh yeah, the full on like full size spider mandibles coming out of the top of the kid's mouth. You yeah. know, and just <laughs> I love this I love the the skewed line instead of uh with uh, great power must also come great responsibility is it is dinner, Uncle Ted. And if you've taught me anything, it's that with great power comes a great appetite. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the last thing we see on the page. He's coming right at Uncle Ted, jumping from the ceiling. Yeah. And then next place, please. And then what I just love is you're transforming. What do you do? You wear sunglasses to school. Well, no, I was going to question that. Just yep. Before yeah, that, just... you have all the, the missing cats. Uh... Yeah. The missing cat signs for, for the kitty that he, he went after. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's on Melmac or something. And then <laughs> I kill me. And then, you know, he just, well, you know, I'm still hungry. Well, let me get a little snack. And I'm just like, who the wouldn't someone notice that you brought a pigeon to school? And then I'm like, oh, this I mean, not. maybe not because this kid clearly like nobody wants anything to do with them, and I can't yeah. say that I blame them necessarily. No, it probably smells that. weird too, but like, yeah. just and that's before the spider bite. Uh, really interesting to note though that when he shows up at school, the name of it is Octavius High, and you can actually yes. see a statue of the person that they named it after, and it's Otto Octavius, but uh, clearly sans octopus apparatus mm -hmm. uh, and considerably skinnier than we've seen him in the comic books well, too well it looks a very like healthy was, auto well it looks like there was one universe auto octavius actually was winning um good for him yeah. he deserved a win <laughs> but yo then this you have the 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 classic flash p uh peter sizing up which and... uh, also i i, I just want to make note how they've changed some of the things like with it being Patton instead of peter Uncle Ted instead of Uncle Ben, Sarah Jane instead of Mary Jane. The uh, Flash Thompson, his real name is Eugene Flash Thompson. And in yeah. this, nobody calls him Flash. They all call him Gene. Oh, okay. Yeah, Gene yeah. the bully. A little, little, little tips there. But, you know, you have the classic sizing me up. And again, again, having been a kid who did one time wear sunglasses while in high school, it's just you think it looks cool, but then you look back and you're like, wow, this is a douchey move. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I could have told you that when I was 16. 
you know? the only time I ever wore sunglasses in school was when I had to go back to school from the optometrist. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I just did that. And then I remember I did that for one day and I was like, nope, can't. In the 90s. Now I just quit. Now I just was it, Leo? <laughs> I, I do have to tell you, like storing a dead animal in your locker, I know from experience is a bad idea. Okay, Leo. <laughs> well, just real quick, we went to uh, Project O, uh, which is our in, in our area, Project Oceanography, and okay. uh, they uh, during the trip, I found one of those horseshoe crabs. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Did you get bit by a horseshoe crab? No, I found a dead one. I thought the shell was Leo has been chosen by the totem of the horseshoe crab. I knew it. Form the shell. Uh, Leo, you have to ask yourself the question. This will really bake your noodle. Was the horseshoe crab coming towards you to bite you to give you the powers before it was irradiated? Or was it the radiation that gave it the powers to pass on to you? Uh, it was a dumb teacher that, you know, thought, oh, it's okay that you bring that home. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I had to store it somewhere. So I put it in my locker. That was not the smartest move. What did you... But it was the dumbest. <laughs> Leo, did the thing die in your locker or did you just, your locker smelled like an ocean? It, my locker smelled like an ocean. It, it, it was dead. I found it on the beach. It was... Oh, it's okay. It's fine. Don't worry. I was the chemist in my school. So I just kept forgetting I had lunches. And then before it, before I knew it, let me just tell you, you can really make mold with all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> um, I've never, I never ever saw blue mold, but come to Drew's, come to Drew's science lab, kids. It's like breaking probably bad, cures for it's several it's... diseases that grew in your locker. The world will never know now. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is people actually sent, left me notes. Like, Drew, can you please clean your locker? It stinks. And, and then like, you just like oh, on the geez. flip side of the same note, no. And then just stick it right yeah. back. <laughs> now I'm just like, yeah, Drew, you were batting a thousand there. Like, yes, you know, you didn't go from the smelly kid. You went from the smelly kid to the locker. Some of the smelly locker. Kid. How did you transfer your smell from you to the locker? <laughs> it's like some kind of voodoo curse. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but just this is terrifying. So moving on next. Like as if freshman boys don't smell bad enough. Like <laughs> just you know, exaggerate the situation. And then it's you know, like my my love of horror movies just taught me like this just can't end well. Like oh yeah, I've got your your pet coming to my house. I'm like oh no. <laughs> yeah, hey kid, putting up pet posters. Follow me to my dark house. Right, and then you have the learning about the 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 the, the particular spider, and that was also crazy because. I don't think we ever considered these things, you know, because we just think it's just a simple, you know, a regular irradiated spider. But this one was specific. It, you know, was a, um, it had a traits that apparently were, of course, passed on to Peter. And leaving out, uh, leaving that detail, I'm like, oh, this can't be good. But then the second he's talking to, to Sarah Jane, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, this is terrifying. Um, to my partner, said the spider to the fly. Yes. And then, you know, still, again, dealing with shade spider here, just, hey, I'm so cool. <laughs> you know, you, you know, just, he just being all calm. It's just like, do you like it? And she's like, yeah, I think I do. And then he just goes in for the kiss. And then I was like, yes, that's the first thing. You kiss the girl, then you bite her in the neck. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's. Yes, with your fucking rows of razor sharp teeth. Oh. <sighs> 
And of course she smacks him right upside the head. Cause you know, that's at least the, the most reasonable thing you could do as a reaction. Um, and he just yep. goes full on, you know, Cronenbergian slash Hulk with it. And he's like, look what you've done now. And he starts popping several eyes off the top of his head and has the giant mandibles. His skin turns a greenish gray color. And yep. he's, he's a full on man spider at this moment in time. Yep. And then we go to the spider lair and then we see all he basically went killer clowns with all these people. He just got the cocoons. He's been sticking the straws in, sucking them dry. But of course he left Uncle Ted. <laughs> That's locked. a reference to killer clowns from outer space to anybody out there that doesn't quite get it. It's a good horror movie. Check it out. You'll know exactly what Drew means. Thank you. It really is though, kids. Um, but back to that. You had this, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is just like I I'm I kind of understand why he left Uncle Ted alive because you know this is his abuser, so he wants to make him suffer. You know? Yes, of course. And so, uh, you know, Sarah Jane, of course, is begging for her life, like, please don't hurt me. Or you know, and he's like, How could I hurt you? I, I owe you my life, my my new life. Meanwhile, Ted's on the bed just saying, Please kill me. Yeah, and then of course he Peter goes the the extra arms and i'm like yeah this is just more and more terrifying and we see that while uncle ted is on the strapped on the bed uh flipped to the bed uh, and he's begging for death uh peter's saying you know i learned i'm a carrier i can i want you to meet my offspring every last one of them and ted's going i can feel them moving inside of me yeah i, I i'm sorry this is just the stuff of my nightmares. Like, oh yeah. Like, yeah. No. Cause it, as it turns out the spider that bit Patton, uh, yeah. one, one of its characteristics is, um, the females transfer, uh, their eggs through, through bites. Um, and so that's what Patton has been doing to his uncle numerous times. Just bite, 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 bite. Um, nom, 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 nom. Yeah. You know, Here, have my ovipositor in my teeth. Um, 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 um. It's, it's yeah. like, it's like the movie Alien times a billion. Yeah, times even more terrifying because it's not just one. It's a little mini army. And most likely they will eat the said such person. So I'm like, well, that's that's terrifying. And the fun thing here is that the series villain is actually the hero. Because what does he do? He pops up and decides, you're a spider. Um, I'm not supposed to eat fast food, but I'll make an exception for you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, uh, not far from what he says. <laughs> pretty much. And he's all like, you know, and again, even Morlin, you can't help. He's just got this classic horror movie dialogue, you know, like, you're a spider. I've never experienced one so young, but you'll do. And he just, you know, and we don't even need to see the death. Well, you know, we we do and we don't. Yeah, um, we, we we know that, that Patton Parnell just bit the big one and honestly probably for the best indeed because now mm -hmm. you know that house is going some original halloween status you oh know? for sure and for sure. Uh, sarah jane runs out of the house like her ass is on fire and her head was about to catch yeah but then i'm sorry this, this ending <laughs> i mean again nightmares the true, following day yeah true horror story let's just be real here yeah. Sarah, um, Sarah Jane is getting ready for school the next morning. She's clearly like, you know, just waking up and looking in the mirror and 
she's kind of checking out the bite mark that Patton left and she's just like, ah, you know, and we get, we get the uh, third person omniscient uh, narration saying, if you were given superhuman abilities, would you use them for good? It's just a dream. It's just a dream. It's just a dream. Even if you've heard this story a million times before, there's always new blood to squeeze out from the tail. And then we see thousands upon thousands of baby spiders pouring forth from every single one of the bite marks that that Patton left on Sarah Jane's neck. And she screams at the top of her lungs in the last panel. And it ends with the end. I mean, I'm sorry. I just... If, yeah, it, it's it's definitely skeevy as fuck. Uh, uh, it, it gives you the willies as you go through and read it. Um, it no, it wasn't even that, Brandon. I just I just kept thinking Kurt Russell and the thing, like flamethrower, like <laughs> purify. Fair enough. You know, just, just get it done. One of the things that this made me think of was uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, I remember. I know exactly there, what story you're telling. Yeah, there is a story in that book about a girl who gets bit by a spider and by the end of it, it was the spider had actually laid its eggs by biting her and it hatches and it's just like all over it freak out. I think they actually use that in the movie adaptation that they, they did. Yeah. Um, and it's just absolutely horrifying. Like the, the body horror just doesn't stop in this story. I mean, you get it all the way up through the, the final panel of it. Um, but I, I remember reading this when it first came out and uh, a few years back, I went to one of my friends who is uh, mired in the horror scene. He act, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll name him. Screw it. It's, uh, it's Alex DiVincenzo from BrokeHorrorFan.com. Uh, oh, nice. Good dude. Uh, one of my best friends. And I was like, dude, you have to read the Spider-Man comic. And he's like, I don't really, you know, like, I, I know Spider-Man, but I don't like know Spider-Man. Like, you don't need to know anything other than what you know about Spider-Man to enjoy this issue. And I had him read edge of Spider-Verse number four. And he, he read it like right there in front of me. I brought my, I brought my tablet with me right. to put in his face, and like read this. It'll take 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And he finished. And he was like, Ooh, that was, that was good. That was creepy. I'm like, yes. I mean, my reaction was more visceral, but of course <laughs> you live this shit. So right. far for the course. So Leo, what did you think? I mean, you're, you're going into this kind of new, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I went into this totally green. And uh, yeah, it... after I read this, I said, Brandon, you're a sick fuck. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I have my horror leanings too. So <laughs> yeah. it appealed I mean, to me. You know, I kind of figured this was going to be crazy I, when you described it, but also doing this after uh, the DC, what was that? DC Horrors, which was also pretty fucked up. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, it, it was yeah, it, it's totally screwed up. Well, I mean, oh, oh yeah, splash, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the thing is that sometimes we can take that in the subject. I mean, come on, Leo, you read Red Rain. I mean, oh, yeah. come on, that's that story is pretty fucked, and it even gets worse as the story goes on. Oh, yeah, the trilogy altogether. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you've read, if you, I mean, you, you read this and you think of it like you said, Leo, you compare it to like any of the like DC House of Horrors kind of stuff that they've done. Um, for, I, I mean, the one that springs to mind immediately for me, just because, uh, you know, we're thinking about iconic characters through and through, is the uh, 
the vignette within one of the House of Horror specials they did with the bait with Baby Kal El. I was just landing. That. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's an absolute fucking horror show from the word go. Oh yeah. This is like right there with that. Yep. Totally you know right. what? The, another good one that you guys will please when you do uh, when you cover, uh, uh, it. Please bring back for is the um, Mike Mignola's the Doom that came to Gotham. Oh well, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Please, I thoroughly. I've been telling people like that is one of the best, and it's such a Mignola story, but it's so good. Yeah, well, oh. I mean, honestly, like for the DC side of what we do here, uh, Mignola was uh, was the progenitor because his Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight was unofficially the first else world and retroactively made so it was given the label yeah. later on because dc realized like oh wait this was our first mm-hmm. real prestige format doing this so yeah let's bring it onto that under that imprint absolutely uh, so it really it really started from that point which makes a lot of sense because gotham by gaslight was incredibly popular uh mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of its follow-up um master of future master of the future um, it's it's okay i think gotham by gaslight is one of those tales that was probably best left to it, like, it, on its own it it was good because it continued the story i think what also threw it off is because you didn't have Manola come back so you had eduardo barreto who's a great art who was a great artist he was phenomenal um but Personally, I thought when they returned back to Gotham by Gaslight in uh, Countdown, when they did the the search for Ray Palmer, oh yeah, where, you know that was fantastic. And again, Augustine did that, um, and uh, it was it was great. But again, I love because of my horror love. I love it when the stories go a little dark. I think that's. That's the point, and that's the the joy of Elseworlds, which is so sad when they ended, is because it's it's looking at these characters in a new light. So you're constantly reinventing them, and you're giving that chance. You don't have to care about continuity and everything. You you, you create something new, yeah, and if uh, you're lucky, it's popular, and maybe you'll get some more. I mean, you know. Yeah, and in uh, the thing the thing about what we're we're doing uh, for for spooky season this year uh this is our our first like real run through and in saying like oh you know let's let's try to get a couple episodes because we do this bi-weekly where we're covering some of the those scarier stories like kind of save save them for for this particular time of year um i feel like it was real easy for us to say like well let's cover marvel zombies or something you know like no i i I didn't want to do that i wanted to give that some breathing room. We, we have plenty of time with getting through like our what ifs and, and else worlds to get to that. We can save that for a later date. Well, um, yeah. And I totally agree. And, and we did a similar thing, the splash pages. Like we, we covered, uh, we covered deceased, which great. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Leo, it, oh, it. Uh, if I recall, did you, did you read any more of it? Cause uh, not yet. Okay. Oh, it's so uh, good, dude. It, it, it's it's definitely on my list, though. Um, I have to I have yeah. to finish it, but it, oh my god! Yo, Brandon, issue three came out. Yo, yeah, I, I'm sure of it, man. Like, oh I was god. I was like so impressed with how they did it. There's just the conceit of it to to begin with, like the way they went about it, the explanation oh as to why it's... it all happened. I was like, you know something? I appreciate that 
from from an audience standpoint so much because instead of it being like well why like okay i see what the situation is but can you give me backstory i don't want this to be night of the living dead like sorry like the time for just jumping in in media race when you're trying to do like a, a longer term story yeah that doesn't really cut the mustard you have to give us a reason well, why this is happening and to have yeah, the yeah. anti-life equation like with with like wireless networks holy yeah. shit dude like that's mm-hmm. brilliant well it was again it's all tom taylor i mean I, that guy's I finally, a genius yeah i finally read all of his injustice and it was just stupendous um we're, we're even covering a uh transformers ghost story tomorrow yeah we definitely are one of our guests worked on um one of the hasbro's transformer lines so we figured Nice little balance there, but no, it's been great. And we had Joe St. Pierre back on for uh, Moon Knight. We did two um, issues of Moon Knight, uh, which was the end of Bill Sankowitz's run on Moon Knight, which was like issue 2930. It was great. It was really fun. And um, I agree with you, Brandon. Like it's so, I think that's the thing is that when you're doing a spooky season, when you're doing nerd stuff, you, you, you should explore the not so common ones. Like, like you said, it would have been so easy to just, marvel zombies yeah i mean i remember what was it leo our first year we did freddy versus jason versus ash and oh my god that was you know great you know um fuck i have to go through and find out what you guys have covered and not covered so we're not like <laughs> repeating covered, shit they covered a lot um <laughs> yeah but, you guys have been around, around longer than I have. <laughs> a little bit but um no it's just horror comics are just i think they're just definitely there's just something really nice about it because I think the reason people keep coming back to it is it's a part of comic history. And if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have some of the, the Marvel and DC world as we do, you know? Absolutely. I I mean, in, in, in real world, I mean, the horror comics are primarily the reason why the, the comics code authority came into being and that, adversely affected storytelling for decades absolutely i mean to the point where i mean stan lee and marvel wanted to make a an anti-drug tale and the comics code authority was like well we're not going to put we're not going to give you our stamp of approval because you have drugs in it and stan lee was like first of all they're made up drugs and secondly how are we supposed to tell kids to stay away from drugs without mentioning drugs like are you on drugs? Are you for real? And, yeah. And finally, he was just like, "All right, you know, I can just imagine Stanley. Fine, then we won't we won't use your stamp." And then they just put it out anyway. Like, good for him. Yeah. Good for them. They said, "Why do we need your approval to put out something that's supposed to help kids?" Bump that. Yeah. You know? he, yeah. It it was just a different time, but you know that's why like reading this was such a it was such an interesting highlight amongst all Spider Verse. Um, and again, it's great. so different from every other story in yeah. Spider Verse too. And 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 I, I look re- rereading it, going like back on, I was like, you know what, I like that. Like, okay, like good. This, yeah. Can we get this again? Not this exact one. Like this universe. More like it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it. It's just again. It's because comics are let's just be real here comics are just sometimes so dime a dozen it's the same thing over and over again and different cover it was nice to have something different and oh for sure you know and i think that's just really what it comes down to this was 
a different story. It was a tragic. This is basically if Peter was just literally a psychopath. And I was like, you know what? This is going to stick with me. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm just, I'm glad, glad to have read it. It's basically how I looked at it. I was like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree with, with your assessment and reaction to it. Um, yeah. I read this years ago. And when it came time for me to kind of figure out what we were going to do here, without a second's hesitation, I was like, yeah. Edge of Spider Verse number four. It's uh, like, for a fact, because it's few and far between that mainstream superhero comic books like this give, like, skeeve me out. And this one, I remember reading it for the first time with no warning. You know, just I had no idea. I was like, oh, this is clearly going to be, like, a little creepy. Okay, I get it. And by the time I got to the last page, I was like, you know what? Like, thank you, Marvel, but also fuck you, Marvel. <laughs> it stuck with me, just just like you said. And, um, you know, Justin, I know, read this, too. And he, he when he read, he was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, why? Yeah, this. I'm not going to lie, like, especially because I have the fear. Like I watch certain, like I can't watch certain things because I get like, like you know the crawling feeling. You watch a move, you feel like it's on you. You're like, oh my god, well, you know. I, I mean, I real horrors. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Real, no, I'm sorry. Like real spiders. Like I remember. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think I'm still traumatized for when I saw Arachnophobia when I was younger. <laughs> and I don't know how I sat through the whole goddamn movie because those are real spiders. Yeah. So that's not just like some cutesy little like, oh, it's a little puppet, oh, you know. Or hey, some CGI like eight legged freaks level shit, um, <laughs> like because because I'm sorry, as as terrifying as that is, like that's just literally my nightmare. Um, I was like, no, these are they're like they, they're too goofy, you know. They 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 had the sound effects and how they moved. I was like, no, this is this doesn't scare me as much. I mean, it's terrifying. Like they're literally eating these people. But you can you can find the spots where it's like it's made to be more yeah, titillating than like than arachnophobia. Scary. Like when the spider is in the shower and it's trying to jump on the girl, and she slide. I was like, "No, this is this is ruining <laughs> showers for me the way that that psycho ruined it for everybody else." I I, I like your just no, <laughs> just no. shut it down. <laughs> like like I'm not gonna lie, there are moments where I'm just like in the shower and I'm not gonna lie, like I have to kind of like I have to say it out loud, like no, because I can feel my mind going to that place. Yeah. Or I'm just, you know, and I could, you know, it's like where it, you almost feel like it's there. But nope, it's a movie, it's a fictional arachnid. No, F no, <laughs> just ba back up. But rereading this, I had that similar dread. It wasn't like, I'm like, oh my God, I need a shower. Like, God, it was more like, <laughs> oh God. Like, especially the, the, the Ted or Sarah Jane covered in the little ones. I was like, this is oh, yeah. nightmare fuel. Because it's pouring um, out of her neck, crawling up her fucking face. No, because it, 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 I don't mind sharing this because I had a friend who he told me this story, which is just like my grade A nightmare. Yeah, he, he's Nigerian. One summer when he was younger, he went to like when he was a teenager, he went to visit his family in Nigeria. And um, as you know, bugs are crazy there. And because it's the jungle. So you have to sleep with your bug net up. Otherwise, you know, mosquitoes, spiders, and stuff can can get in your bed and you know sometimes you got to be careful because some of that shit's poisonous mm -hmm. um one night they forgot to put up the net so my friend wakes up 
And he, he fell asleep on his back. He wakes up and he looks down and he sees this big motherfucking spider just sitting on his chest watching him. And naturally, you know, this is the first thing you see getting out of sleep. So you're, you're freaking out. Um, he went to scream. He couldn't because the spider had laid its egg sac in his mouth. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, come on, dude. Yeah. What the um, fuck, Drew? <laughs> yeah. You made me read this comic. I, you're welcome. So, Are we even? Jesus, Mary and Joseph and all of his carpenter friends. Oh, man. Are you saying Jesus was in a union? <laughs> I mean, ne- all I'm saying is uh, no, Jesus no, no. and his dad were carpenters yeah. making stuff out of wood. What were they making things out of wood with all all the time back in the back in Jerusalem and and, and shit? Yeah, you I don't know, think there were a lot of calls for coffee tables. People don't really ask these questions, Brandon. But that's fair. What were they but, making? What were they making out of wood? I don't know. I'm not a carpenter. Big big lowercase T's maybe. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> you think about that? That's called yeah. irony, kids. <laughs> so let me finish the story. So so he. So he's freaking out, obviously. Um, but of course, he, he he doesn't know what to do because if he moves, the thing will bite him and he doesn't know if it's poisonous or not. I mean, the thing's huge. So, but at the same time, he's got the, you know. So he, I don't know how he does this, but he, and he can't wake up his, because his brother's sleeping in the same bed as him, you know. So he can't wake up his brother to move because again, the movement will startle the, uh, the, the fucking thing. So he somehow gets the pillow and manages to move it where it doesn't alarm the goddamn thing and swat, gets it swat, swats it off. So the thing like flies across the room, hits the wall, bam. Um, he, he gets out of bed, removes the thing from his mouth, um, squashes it, and then notices that the fucker's still trying to go up the goddamn wall. So he takes his boot and just nails the shit. Uh, just wham. And the thing just, he kills it. And the thing just slides down, leaving like a green smear. And I told him, one, I said, this is literally, you've survived my nightmare because I would have been dead. I would have been dead, whatever. And then I told him, I said, you cannot tell this story anymore at our barbecues. Because, <laughs> because number one, <laughs> I said this to him. See, see, you're like, okay, Drew, you redeemed the story because it was funny. So I told him, <laughs> I told him, I said, you can't tell the story. One, we can't top it. And two, like, there's no way a girl is not going to be impressed by your bravery. And he has like a bunch of these stories about the times he almost died in a jersey. You, you have to stop telling these stories. There's no way we can top it. I'm tired of, 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 cause usually at these events, there's always one girl. And it was jokingly, it was all of us trying to impress her. I was like, she's going to go home with you. Okay. Every time that's just, like we can't top this. We we you're we're tell we're that story to a girl. Western. Like, what do you think about that? that? Like, I don't know. I've had grosser things in my mouth. Exactly. I was like, what 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 do we know? Is that our trust fund went dry? We're in Westchester. Like, goddamn, you know. But listen, I gotta tell you, buddy. <laughs> you gotta you gotta not tell me stories like this as I'm about to eat ribs. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. But so so. Rereading this story definitely had me that similar dread. Like, this is horrifying. And as sad as I am that we're not going to see this spider again, because it's pretty clear he's gone. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say thankfully he's gone. Yeah, thankfully. But I, I don't know if it's like the way the book ends. I don't know if it's like I kind of feel like maybe Mary Jane kind of became the new one. You know, like 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this this could end up being a real bad scene for this particular reality uh, as we know it. You know, this could be your your spider Marvel zombies esque kind of thing. Oh yeah, we, um, uh, Rick and Morty is going to come back, and they're going to see it's all spiders. Have, uh, Cronen Cronenbergian universe, you know. And I mean, that's the thing that gets me with this stuff is, um, I mean, I, I'm not like I don't have any deep and abiding affinity for arachnids myself, but body horror always gets me always always has always will and uh, a large part of that does go back to like cronenberg and stuff like the fly starring jeff goldblum and what have you Jeez, but fuck. any any t- but it doesn't even have to be like that grotesque i mean even um even the movie upgrade which i enjoyed tremendously um done by written i think it was written by lee wennell uh does he's done all kinds of stuff. He saw and what what have you with james wan um upgrade with uh logan marshall green where he gets like the computer chip uh put in that helps him be able to like walk and everything again but then it slowly starts to like take him over yeah uh, that stuff just it freaks me out i i just do not do well with you know not like being trapped in your own body and not being able to control any of the stuff like robocop i love that movie but like the horror of it hits me like a brick to the face every time i see it like imagine being murphy what a fucking nightmare oh yeah i mean that i think the scene that always resonated the most for me was when he was going through his former house and he's remembering Mm. yeah that she just it fucking it it skews me out in like like nobody's business i i I could shit i couldn't even watch the and this is like really jumping into a way back machine but like when um i can never see the name of this website right machinima machinima i, I don't know oh well, they, yeah the mortal Kombat web series uh, they did machinima machinima yeah they did the mortal Kombat web series and it showed um oh the two cyborgs there um mm-hmm. what the fuck uh oh my god i want to say cable was one of them <laughs> I can't. I can't remember. I I'm not like a big gamer guy, but I right. remembered them from playing Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. But it right. shows this whole episode where it, it shows how they chose who was going to be the cyborgs, and they fucking chop these dudes up, like one by one, systematically, as they put them all through the process to see like who would be the best. And there's this like one scene where it shows one of the guys like lying on a table, and he's like, <clears throat> and then finally just goes. Ugh! and like goes back, eyes wide open, and then the camera like pulls back, and you see that. They literally chopped the lower half of his body off and they're getting ready to attach a whole like cybernetic lower half of his body so we can do that crazy 360 spin shit. And I was just like, this is supposed to be fun. Fuck this shit. (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me of um, there was this if you guys remember the extreme Ghostbusters back in the, the late 90s, there was uh there was one episode called the Deadliners that dealt with like these entities that kind of were referenced like they had like a, a Hellraiser kind of vibe to it. Okay. Um, and they were characters from a horror writer who very much was emulating Stephen King. Um, but there were entities that used creative outlets as portals to come to our world. And so they were using this writer's characters like uh, I want to like and their their job was they believed in body modification. So they would <sighs> take victims they would experiment on them and then they would just be deformed and evil looking. Oh yeah, dude. They are definitely, definitely supposed to be friggin' Cenobites. Yeah, no, they totally are. I remember Craniac and 
and all of it. And they, they look terrifying. And then of course, you know, the way the, the Ghostbusters handle is just great, but, oh man, it was just crazy. Like oh, it's, God. but you know, like you said, like I remember Cronenberg, my first introduction was the fly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching Jeff Goldblum turn into this monster. And then at the end, yeah, what's he like, having that jar over there? Oh God, no. Yeah, yeah. It was his penis, uh, everyone. <laughs> um, no, I think for me it was just when his face just ex- imploded, and then you just saw the the, the fly. I'm like, I was like, I was like, I'm 12. This is just blowing my mind right now. Like, I watched yeah. that and Tombstone. That I watched that Tombstone and RoboCop on the same field trip when Tombstone I was. Tombstone was definitely the it, best out of those three. Like, insofar as like for a kid, <laughs> and that, that was that was all. That was that was the best Boy Scout trip ever. Let me tell you. <laughs> you, you know, we watched all three of those for the first time, and I was just like, "Yeah, I saw some of the most interesting movies I, I've ever I've ever partaken in, like on Boy Scout camping trips. Like, I I saw Hard Boiled for the first time on a, yeah. on a camping trip. Yeah, it was it was a good camping trip. Don't get me wrong, but like just. That's the that's the cool thing about when you're just a bunch of dudes hanging around like teenagers like oh I, f- I found this cool movie oh did you and then you put it on like okay that was that was a cool movie <laughs> like you know Leo I feel like you handled this so well because I are you afraid of anything because I know it's not snakes Leo I know it's not snakes like like why did it have to be snakes yeah like you know this is the anti Indiana Jones here everybody but um, are you are you terrified of anything besides, I don't know, something? Sharks. I mean, sharks. Mm. That's sharks. Deep was tough for you. Well, sharks I, I, I saw jaws at a young age and, and now like even swimming in a lake, I'm thinking, Oh my God, a shark's going to come get me. You know? So, so, so basically you never watched Lake Placid. Cause that, that one was actually a lake. Uh, I, I did watch Lake Placid. I enjoyed it because I like, you know, uh, I, I'm really big into like crypto, cryptozoology and, uh, you know, all, all the weird shit like that. But yeah. I swear I, to God, if you start talking about Discovery Plus chant and fucking shit right now, Leo, no, I'm but I, 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 I can mention Skinwalker Ranch if you want. Fucking oh. Christ. <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch, I swear I, to God. I'm going to bring that up every time until everybody's watching that damn show. <laughs> Well, then I'm actually going to be bringing it up every fucking time because yeah. I'm not going to watch that shit. Here's, uh, oh, here's skin oh, for some reason, bears. Like, I, I have nightmares bears? about bears. You mean bears? the furry killing machines? Yeah, that's understandable. I get that. Well, Did, yeah, because, yeah, I mean. No, Leo, you're not going camping anytime soon. That's what I'm hearing. Dude, I grew up on a farm. Every day was camping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Leo, okay, we had to I'm boil sorry. water before we drank it or used it to wash. You fucking kidding me? Uh, 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 I'm sorry, Leo. If, if I could make you a shirt, that would be the quote. <laughs> you grew up on a farm. Every day was camping. I grew up on a farm. Every day was camping. Fought for oh our lives. Leo, that was perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, the only break we got from living on the farm was when we slept. And even then, when you dream about it. I mean, it just, it's just, no, I guess Leo, like you just strike me as someone who's a little fearless. So, you know, uh, I was like, are you afraid of anything? Because there are some people who aren't afraid of shit. You know, they'd be perfect Green Lanterns. Um, 
Yeah, I, I but, mean, you know, yeah, just irrational stuff, you know, uh, heights, you know, I'm afraid of heights, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't I, do well with heights either. Yeah, and, and, you know, for some reason when I was a kid, like, being in, like, big open fields, for some reason, I thought, like, a, a dinosaur was going to come crashing through. Even Dude. though they've been famously dead for millions yeah, I, of years. I, okay, I'm talking like when I was like... 10. I was afraid we were going to strike oil out in the middle of that field. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's being like 10 and like out in, in the woods, you're in this huge field. There's like nothing there. And then like you're in the middle of a field. Like think of like a dinosaur coming through. Like there's nowhere you can hide, you know? And I'm pro probably that's what manifested into my bear fear you know it's like you can't well, escape a bear you know it's this you know okay this... i need, to, I need to, wait, wait time out hold on i need to understand this so in your leopon mind a fear of dinosaurs evolved into a fear of bears so I'm, you went that's from what i'm thinking yeah the irrational you know gigantic yeah. oh, yeah. you know -na 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 -na. so Dude, you this, went from this was before jurassic park by the way no, I, I understand okay. that. It's fine. But the point being is you went from Carnosaur to the that that uh what was it, that fucking grizzly movie with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin, like over the edge or something. Like I don't you know, where the two men are rivals and they have to deal with a crazy grizzly bear. I don't know. Point being is Leo, dinosaurs from dinosaurs to grizzly bears. This is this is where your brain went. Yep. Yeah, I gotta. You, I respect your wife so much. I, I wish. I wish I had had like more rational fears that I could like conquer, like growing up and what have you. Like, but for me, straight up, like even a, it still pops up occasionally as as a forty year old man. Mm -hmm. Um, I can. I'll tell you the most recent instance. It was absolutely fucking horrifying. Mm -hmm. uh, I I saw the movie and read the book Stephen King's It far earlier than I should have as a child. <clears throat> I I saw the movie when I was nine. And this was at a point in time when it, it had only just been on the air. I had it in my house because my father worked nights and he set the VCR to record both parts. Oh no. And he raised me on Vincent Price movies. Right. And I was like, horror. I like scary stuff. And he went to bed, you know, took a nap because he worked nights. And my mother took my brother and sister to my grandmother's in, in Boston and so I was like, well, I'm going to watch this by myself in the basement family room on a fall day on a Saturday. So it's oh, going to be dark by 430 in the afternoon. Right. And the crawl space with the heater in it is right behind me. <laughs> and by the time that three hour movie was over, I was essentially in the fetal position in the middle of the room, just like, oh, I can't. I can't. I don't know. The clowns are going to eat me. The clowns, are gonna, you know, I was just fucking absolutely terrified. But. You know, I was so I needed to know more. So I was trying my best to learn as much of it as possible. And I thought I was slick. And I kept asking my dad, but I thought were very like ambiguous questions. My father just stopped like washing the dishes in the middle of my inquiries. And he was just like, Brandon, did you watch Stephen King's It? <laughs> no, Brandon. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, but like at that moment, he wasn't mad. He was just like, are you okay? Go ahead, ask me the questions you want to ask me. I'll answer as best I can. Because I knew he read the book. That's why I was I was prodding. 
and it got to the point where I was asking so many questions because I was trying to conquer my fear of it that right. he made me record them all on an audio cassette and we sent them to Stephen King. Oh, and nice. Stephen King responded a year later on my 10th birthday with a birthday card that wow. said, you know, Dear Brandon, have a creepy 10th, Stephen King. That's awesome. It was, yeah, it blew my mind. You it, that card. I, I, I do. Um, it's, it's tucked away. Uh, but we Proud rode back and forth for a couple of years. Um, his, his assistant, Marsha Filippo, would respond more, mm-hmm. more often than not. She is an awesome, fantastic woman. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about her and Stephen King. Uh, through the both of them, they recommended that I read Lord of the Flies when I was in sixth grade. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the best book recommendations I ever got. However, awesome. I was also in Catholic school and I had it drummed into me that I had to have excellent penmanship, especially because my mother was a teacher. So we worked on it night and day. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where as an 11, 12-year-old, my my handwriting was fairly mature looking so i forged a note from my father and got myself an adult library card at the brockton Eastside library which was just past the field where i lived mm-hmm. and i walked in got that as soon as they gave me the card i went right over to the adult section and took out stephen king's it and mm-hmm. i i read that whole fucking thing and i've read that book probably nine or ten times at this point in my life I know it back to front and it's a great book. It is. It is a great book. And one of the things about the new movie that I was a little, like, it was cool, but I was a little bummed about was they didn't play on the orange and silver colors of it slash Pennywise as much as it happens in the book. Like orange Mm -hmm. and silver, the color of the deadlights and orange and silver show up in every single guise that it uses, whether it's the mummy or the werewolf, the leper, there's always mm-hmm. orange and silver involved. <clears throat> Pennywise's suit is silver with orange pom-poms. Well, orange being a very prevalent color with, with throughout the entire story, I'm walking downstairs from my bedroom through the, the living room, the dining room, and then through the kitchen to get to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, my mother-in-law, whom, whom I live with, my, my wife and I, had put in night lights in the kitchen so we were no longer using the little lamp above the microwave to illuminate our way these are motion sensor night lights no one told my chubby ass so at two in the morning with a full bladder mind you i'm just walking through half asleep just like you go pee and go back out of bed i take one step one fucking step into my kitchen and the next thing i know I am bathed in eerie orange light. And I had a split second, no lie, a split second as a grown man where I was like, this is it. Pennywise is here to fucking kill me. I'm done. Like I did. And the worst part about it is like my fear. I knew like if it was about to show up, it was going to show up as Pennywise, like nothing else. There was no other thing that was going to frighten me more than Tim Curry in a fucking orange and silver suit, just saying, how you doing, Brandon? Beep, beep. And th- that was it. Game over. <laughs> and it's it t- in that split second, I found myself, I, I realized exactly how possible it could be to run, cry, pee, and shit yourself 
simultaneously. Because <laughs> I had that fight or flight moment where I was like, this is it. I, I could either do that or I'm dead. And then, you know, rationality kicked in. I'm like, oh, it's just a, it's just a nightlight. I'm fine. I'll just go pee. I'm going to leave the light on the entire time I'm over here and then slowly back out of the room and uh, make sure I turn the lights on in each room as I go back upstairs. But I know that everything's fine now for sure. And the next day when we were all awake, I was like, Hey, um, just for funsies, if we're going to do things like change rooms to horror movie lighting, uh, when anybody walks through them in the middle of the night detected by motion, Maybe, uh, I don't know, give a fucking heads up to everybody else who lives in the house. Just just throwing that out there because yeah. uh, I'm 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 already like closer to 50 than 30 at this point. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't need to exacerbate any potential heart heart conditions because somebody decided we don't need to use a fucking lamp anymore. Please and thank you. So I feel like before I because I, I do have to go in a, in a couple minutes, um, I, I do want to say that that around the time first thing i love the original it um oh yeah me too love that i mean if it listen it's cheesy as hell and um i will agree that in both versions i've seen i think that the first part's better uh, at least adaptation wise um i think unfortunately because it's a group of adults dealing with this it somehow loses a little bit of its power i mean don't get me wrong Pennywise is still terrifying regardless of whom you are um but Around when the first part of it, the new one, was coming out, uh, me and a lot of my friends, we enjoyed it. And I I was at a Halloween party for my friends in the Bronx, and he had a bunch of red balloons, and we went around his neighborhood tying them to sewer grates. <laughs> we just literally, we literally you guys tied dicks. red balloons to sewer grates <laughs> and then just left them there just to just to imagine people's reactions seeing a red balloon in a cellar. Like, I was like, this is, this is hilarious and terrifying because I'm sorry. If I saw that, like, you, you know, if I, if I was just oh yeah, coming home a little drunk, I saw that. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to call an Uber. Cause yeah, uh, I mean, we, straight. Yeah. If, if I saw that, my reaction would be like, hmm, hmm. as soon as I saw the, the, the balloon just above us, so I'd be like, hmm, nope. And no. just, just move along. Like, <laughs> guess I'm not taking that fucking street. Gonna take the gonna take the long way home. It's gonna Listen, be when you get when you get a chance, time. go to go to my Instagram. And I posted a video there from like a year or two ago. I it was a rainy, gray, like overcast day, and I was standing out on my on my front porch, and for no reason, inexplicably, there was this metallic orange balloon on a string mm-hmm. bouncing down my street. I pulled out my phone and recorded it. And it goes just past the fence of my driveway where there is a sewer drain up against the curb on the side. Mm-hmm. And then it's nowhere. It doesn't pop up again. And I'm recording it. And after it just disappears and doesn't show up for about five more seconds, I was just like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> and just click. Mm-hmm. I've 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 seen that movie and read that book too many times to fall for the old. Hey, come on over here and find out where the balloon went. Gag. Fuck you, Pennywise. You know, been what? there, done that. You know, if I wanted to be a real jerk, especially because it's where I'm, it's raining. I should make a bunch of paper uh, paper ships and just 
Just let him, just let him go down. But right, SS Georgie on every single one. <laughs> <album. laughs> yeah. hey, Brandon, stop it. I don't, I don't want to get your, your damn cooties. All right. <laughs> your cooties. Uh, your cooties. Um, well, on that note, I know, Drew, you need to go, so we yeah, should wrap I gotta, things I gotta, up. Uh, so, uh, powerful. Thank, thank you. Powerful Brandon, why don't you take us out of here? Give us the outro. Hey, everyone, I'm Powerful Brandon. You've been listening to Comics Paradox. If you want to follow me on social media, you can check me out on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and Instagram on uh, on Instagram <clears throat> at this Brandon has powers. Uh, if you do that, then follow me on Instagram. You'll find that <laughs> that same balloon video I was just talking about. Um, you can also come on over to Facebook and check out the Powers Combined Group. Uh, we're just a bunch of dorks that like to get together and share info, memes, laughs, jokes, good times to be had by all. Our number one rule there is don't be a jerk. Uh, if you violate that, you will be booted immediately. That's, uh, you know, in addition to nothing from we got this covered. I can't stress that enough. Uh, you can find me here bi-weekly, um, switching off with The Dork Knight, uh, also hosted by Leo Pond and Justin Cooper, in which we discuss and dissect all things The Dark Knight. That's batman and his ilk rogues gallery what have you uh you can also find me uh wednesday nights at 9 p.m on the dorking wednesday night program and uh you know just check us out for uh for any of this fun stuff wherever fine podcasts are broadcast mr leo uh, yeah, for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a ton of shows on the network. There's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. You know, like Comics Paradox and Splash Pages. So head on over to thedorkening.com. You can see all the latest episodes there. And uh, Mr. Drew. I'm sorry. I was just watching the video that Brandon posted. <laughs> and let me just tell you, kids, I'm sorry. If you see a balloon... This Halloween, and it just randomly disappears uh, near a storm drain. Don't go looking for it. Just let it go. Just leave it. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. Words to and, live by. <laughs> yeah, just leave it alone. Enjoy your childhood. <laughs> let let another Stephen King story traumatize you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> There's always misery or The Shining. Okay. Um, I'm on. Uh, hello. When I'm not doing dumb shit like that, um, <laughs> I, I, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. I very much every week on Splash Pages, but I've been known to cross over to other shows because I don't have any time on my hands. So why not help everybody here? Um, I do stuff That's for the Screen Rant. Drew. Thank you, Brandon. I do things for Screen Rant. I'm a general nerd. Um, I'm going to be joining some of our Splash Pages uh, brethren. Uh, for Rhode Island Comic Con, so definitely keep an eye out on that. A lot of craziness is going to happen there. And um, happy Halloween. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, balloons disappearing, Skinwalker Ranch, first season, there's a weather balloon that disappears. End <laughs> the show. Catch you guys there. And by, by the way, Drew, Drew is Ghostbuster Man 1984 at, on Thank Instagram. You. So. I totally am. Please yes. bug me. Rich does it all the time. Um, end the show. Okay. Yeah. This is, this Fuck is... Skinwalker Ranch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Okay. Fuck it right Skinwalker up its stupid Ranch. ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>